Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. The following recording is that of an hour-long Zoom presentation I did for the London Social Entrepreneur Meet um, during the lockdown in the UK, so May 2020. The whole presentation is up on my YouTube channel. So if you want to see the slides I used, please um, come across to the YouTube channel, search for me, Julie Hogbin, Conscious Leadership, and you'll find it. Please subscribe because I'm going to be putting a lot more up there. So part two. And again, once again, seriously, if anybody wants to talk to me after this, I'm not selling anything on this, um, as I said yesterday. If anybody wants to talk to me about this, please email me or connect with me through some form of messenger. I'm on all the main platforms. I'll happily um, talk to you about whatever is going on for you. So a quick reminder really on just a little bit of what we covered yesterday. So what is stress? It's a stress our response to the relationship between the demands made upon us. Oh, hang on. Somebody's waiting to come in. That's it. I've just admitted uh, Rosaline as well. So stress is our response to the relationship um, between the demands made upon us, the pressure and our capacity to handle those. And stress is a state uh, we experience where our coping capabilities cannot handle the additional pressure that's put on us. And all of us have... (laughs) Now my screen's frozen. Stop it. Um, All of us have different coping strategies because of our upbringing, because of who we are as the individual we are, because of our age. Um, And it's it's everything. It's our gender. It's our age. It's where we were born. It's our upbringing. um, It's all all of the experiences in life give us and provide us that amount of wisdom that gives us our coping strategies so and we're all different so what affects one person will not affect the other you know just remember that story i said yesterday about the myself and my friend walking towards the dog it's very different for every single one of us and where are the pressure sources it's our home life it's our work life it's our financial circumstances situation and it's our relationships and the relationships count for life well, life, full stop, social, work, and, and anything in between, and personal. And I know they're all personal relationships, but you can sort of break it down. Now, um, what happens is all of the figures that I gave you yesterday come from um, research that's been done within a working environment. And what I said yesterday was that isn't the only place these pressures come at us from. They come at us from right the way across the gambit. And when we go to the, um, the, you know, the GP, they will sign us off from work. Quite often they sign us back into home life. And quite often, from my experiences, there's a lot of pressure in the home life that isn't dealt with as much as the work life. So when we can identify 
us and our triggers and what it is that's causing us to be under pressure it really serves and it can come at us it come it does come at us from every angle i'll give you an example as we go through this so one of the key things about this is actually identifying where the pressure that you can deal with comes from um, and what we're looking for with um, proactive stress management so proactive pressure management because pressure is good stress is bad stress is over applied pressure we're looking for a controlled response to the pressure we assertively walk towards the thing whatever it is that leads to decreased pressure that means the body returns to the relaxed state which is our aim however we do that that's our aim and we can we can't always control the pressure that's coming at us but we can influence it um, and sometimes we can control it so when it's within our personal responsibility field we can control that we can influence the next level out we can't control the one out of that and we have to um, think about where we're putting our energies and our focus so we focus on what we can control first what we can influence and anything we can't control just sits over there until we have enough coping strategies where maybe we can then influence that. So as our coping strategies grow, our wisdom grows, we get more influence. Um, and remember our wisdom, our coping strategies come from everything that's below the surface, if you like, on the iceberg. So what are our beliefs? Where do they come from? Now, um, oh, so I'm here doing this now. I'm just going to try and give you an example. When I was very young, I would hide behind my mother's skirts. You would never have got me um, talking in front of a group, talking on cat. You just, it just would not have been in my realm of ability to do. I didn't have that skill set. So please believe me when I say whatever's going on underneath, we can unpick it, look at it, develop a set of skills, a set of coping strategies that then give us a different choice of the behaviours on the top of the iceberg. But it's dealing with what's going on internally first. And that could just be what's going on up here, our mind chatter, which we'll talk a little bit about as we go through. Um, feelings, if, if you've got that, I'm going to say sometimes an irrational fear of something, look at where the fear's coming from. Now, I'm not a counsellor, I'm not going to go dig deep in this it's not what I do but if you've got only I'll say irrational fear because that's where the pressure comes from where's it coming from now if you track that back probably possibly it's come from your parents somewhere or somebody that's had a really heavy influence on you in early life because that's where we get a lot of our stuff from that's a whole nother session which I'm going to go into today um now, I showed you the unhealthy pressure response yesterday. This is the healthy pressure response. So we're relaxed. Pressure comes on us or comes on us, whichever way around you want to do it. Pressure comes on us, pushes us into a position that we're finding a bit challenging. We deal with it. We go back to relaxed. Pressure comes on us. We get another bit of pressure. We deal with it. We come back up to relaxed. That is healthy. We're on a bit of a cycle. We're pressured, we relax. We're pressured, we relax. We're pressured, we relax. Now, without pressure, it can do as much damage to us as with too much pressure. Because without pressure, what do we do? 
Who are we? How do we you know, become the best version of ourselves? If you've got no pressure, you can turn into what's classified in a technical phrase, apathy. So we need the pressure. It's how we manage it. Um, a good example, I showed you this very briefly yesterday. I've just added two more things to this. So a good example um, of high pressure and response, aroused and relaxed, it's quick and it's acute. It's a technical term, it's what they call it. You have acute pressure, you have acute stress, it's instant. You fight, flight, you deal with it, you move on. You get back into the relaxed. When we don't get back into the relaxed, it becomes unresolved and it is really insidious. It gnaws away at us, it bites us, it erodes internally, which is how and then it damages our health. And it could be from a spot on your face to chewing your fingernails to anything else we looked at yesterday, but it becomes insidious, it erodes. So when we're in that acute stress, these are some of the things that happen to us right in front of you now. So our brain, now when you're in this acute stress, you, you walk in towards something and remember, this could be something you're looking forward to. So you've put yourself in the position deliberately because you want to do this thing, but you know you're on pressure, you're on you're on like high alert. Everything sort of happens quicker. So look at your brain. It's faster functioning. You make decisions really quickly. Um, you 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 start to operate from a more unconscious position. You've got better memory. You've got better concentration. Your eyes see everything. It's almost like your eye, your eyes open up. You can almost see behind your head. Your saliva does dry. So, you know, if you're going towards a presentation or um, you're going to be on camera or you're going to you talk on stage or you're just going to go and have a conversation with somebody that's a bit, you know, you, you're a bit nervous about, drink because you, if you can pick it up, because with me, my arm shakes, that's, history that goes back to when I did have stress and damaged myself but drink because your saliva dries up it's changing its direction as we briefly spoke about yesterday your heart your heart it races faster your pulse is fast your, your heart is pumping blood and oxygen round to your muscles round to your body to prepare you to fight or flight your muscles are alert, you're faster, you're more powerful, you, you feel fit, you feel like you're going to um, take on the world, you're going to conquer the world. Your intestines, your digestion slows. This is why, this is one of the reasons they tell you um, it's recommended that you don't eat a few hours before you go to bed. Because if you've got food in your stomach, your digestion um, doesn't stop. So it's active while you're asleep, which disturbs your sleep patterns. Um, and you don't get that true restful sleep. There's a reason for all of these things we get told to do. Nobody quite tells you why they're telling you to do it. Um, your bladder, you, you know, you frequently go to the loo. Your skin is cool and sweaty because that's why that's why you sweat when you've got something big coming up because your your body is preparing you to keep cool when you're fighting or flighting. Um, your lungs, the oxygen gets sent to your bloodstream, so you find it harder to talk when that's the thing you probably need to do in the moment so again calming down and then the very last one just on this is um uh sexual activity when we're um short term the last thing the body's going to be doing is preparing for any sexual activity you're not going to be procreating at this point full stop <laughs> but it affects impotence in men and it affects the menstrual cycle in women 
there's lots of lots of things I can share with you about this, but you know we've got a, a short amount of time. Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, right. Um, I'll show you that other bit later. I'll send you the other bit because what it does long term. I was just going to um, go over what we slightly what we did yesterday about the longer term effects. So extend that. So if we go back to this one. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. That's where I can do it. Wouldn't it? Let me do that. One minute. I can work PowerPoint. Um, so long term, look at what happens. So the short term is acute stress. That's where you're you're in it, but you're going to come out of it. Longer term, which is the insidious um, thing. Look at what happens there. And you can start to see these sorts of things coming through because your body's under pressure and, and stress at this point to constantly keep you in the fight or flight response. Um, so, you know, think about now I've suffered from some of these um, and I can tell you categorically you don't have to because you can manage it. You can deal with it. You, you need to learn how to, but you can. So just some symptoms, just some more. Um, these are all in the book. Um, I, I, fingers crossed I'll be publishing next week. I'll possibly do a special offer if I can. Not sure how I do that, but I'll, I'll find out what I can do because there's loads of things. But look at just some of um, the top one on the second line, overaction to petty annoyances. If you're finding yourself, and remembering I'm doing this while we're in lockdown, if you're um, finding yourself being, you know, things are annoying you more than they normally would. Don't be surprised. It's perfectly normal because you're under pressure. And look at the third one down on that line, loss of humour. Now, I can get very serious in my life. I now recognise when I'm getting into that mode, into that mood, and I actively look for something to make me laugh because it relieves the pressure. Um, I've looked at something this morning completely by accident, and it was... Um, Who's the guy with the blades on his fingers? Um, I can't remember his name. Wolverine. Um, he was on stage in 2005 um, singing and dancing and it just brought a huge smile to my face because it was so out of the ordinary from what I expected him to be able to do. So look for something that makes you laugh. It's, it's a real little trick because it relieves the pressure. You can't physically laugh and be in a bad mood at the same time. It just doesn't, doesn't work. Um, and these are some of the stress-induced conditions. Now, these are accepted by the medical profession um, as now being, it's recognised they can be induced by stress. So the little picture on the on the screen, if we go to the root cause of the problem, we don't have to suffer some of this stuff. So heart attacks, angina, diabetes, stroke, migraine, ulcers, asthma, depression, cancer, anxiety, obesity, anorexia, insomnia. Um, high blood pressure, sterility and impotence, IBS and adrenal fatigue. They're recognised as being um, amplified by stress. And we can deal with this. So, you know, in reality, our long-term health is in our hands, is in our control. Says I, and I'm not perfect. So remember what I said yesterday, you walk towards the thing. Whatever the thing is, you walk towards it. It will be different. The thing will be very different for every single one of us. But we, if we learn the skills of assertiveness um, and we walk towards the thing, it will get better. Now, that could be walking towards something we do or it could be walking towards something that somebody else does. It could be walking towards having the conversation with the person that you're actually really quite scared of. 
but it's it's those things it's walking towards it false friends i've added to this this morning um i had a real moment when i woke up this morning and this is what my brain does we all do it it it, it your brain will function on what you were doing yesterday and it will come up with something potentially in the morning i get I get flashes of insights in the morning. I don't get any other time of the day. And it, I woke up with one this morning. So um, false friends, because these give you a short-term feeling of being relaxed and good. Alcohol, drugs, both pharmaceutical, because we begin to rely on them, we think it's them that's gonna make us better, and recreational. Nicotine, sugar, quick fix sugar and the one i thought of this morning was spending um pete if you watch and because because one of the um areas of pressure is finance we also depend on who we are where we are we get a real quick fix from spending money buying ourselves something nice or buying something nice for somebody else so it's a mechanism a coping mechanism that we can uh, that we do adopt um i know somebody many years ago who frequently um overspent frequently compounded her small loans into bigger loans to put them onto a mortgage frequently did that now i knew the person relatively well and i also knew that the cause of that frequent spending was her lack of i'm going to say self-worth self-esteem for herself so she bought things to make herself feel better. So, and and what we can what we can identify with these are patterns. So we all run our own pattern. So again, um, looking at how we deal with it, what patterns are we running? I used to overspend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had a good life. I've spent a lot of money. I wish I hadn't now. I should have saved it and invested it and done other stuff. But I've had a, you know I've I've had some fun. But it's regular overspending. Now, I'm not saying that's got me into a bad place, but I could have been in a better place. And so think about what the patterns are. So this is where we go to the personality spectrum. So, um, yeah, let's come back one. So personality spectrum, you all, I hope, answered the questionnaire that I sent you yesterday. Now, that was something I've made up. And all I did on that questionnaire, because uh, there isn't a real one, if you like, all I did on that questionnaire was look at some of the um, A-type tendencies. And please remember I'm A-type. Looked at the A-type tendencies. So neither end is wrong nor right. They each have their own pressures on us. And come up with the questionnaire. So it's very arbitrary. It's not been done with massive amounts of research. But so um, if you are, but remember, A-type personalities have a, greater tendency towards stress reactions because just by nature of who we are joy of joys um so get your get your scores out in front of you and um below 50 points so the total score was 120 and remember too little pressure is almost as bad as too much not quite but you know too little pressure we need to add some more in so below 50 you're a true type b and little bothers you so you're very laid back great place to be 
but it may serve you at times to add a little bit more pressure in to give yourself a bit of a more challenging goal. You can do that for yourself. And think about what your coping strategies are for that. 50 points to 69 points. I'm reading this because I'm reading out the book. Um, relaxed is one word that may describe you. I'd love to be more relaxed at times. I've learned how to do this. Um, but still slightly trend, a little bit more pressure. Um, paying attention will serve you in your health. So you're sort of halfway. 70 to 84 points, um, it will serve you and those around you to pay attention to the warning signs you may be already be receiving. So just make a little note for yourself what your score is. Um, and above 85 points, you probably need to make some changes to what you're doing to release the pressure off you. Now, I did this, my score came up at 78. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and that's now, that's now. Um, and I've put myself under a lot of pressure recently writing the book. You know, we're in lockdown, all sorts of things, moving the office, you know, relationships within, within the house that I live in. Um, so think about what it is and, and then think about whether it is, whether you're in it short term, so it's acute, or whether it's a longer term thing. If it's a longer term thing, you can start to identify your patterns. So, let's move on. Holmes Ra scale. Now, this this has been this has a lot of research done with it. Um, it's by two psychologists. Um, it's never been redone. I've never seen another one. This one, every time I use it, every time I refer back to it, it's absolutely spot on. So what they did, they did the research on a whole chunk of people. They found that the um, biggest cause of stress was, or pressure, was the number one, which I think was death of a partner. Um, I've not got that printed out. I think it was death, death of a partner. And then they arbitrarily gave points to all the other items on this scale as to the additional pressure it added in um, to the individual. And then they looked at the health of the individuals over a period of time. So they, it was a long study, which is why I just, I go back to root um, issues. I go back to root research when it's really good. Um, so this is what they say. If you add up your points, if you add up the situations, incidences, tick them, ring them, whatever you do with them, that have happened to you in the last 12 months, to add them all up, you get the score. You can then, if you do nothing, you can predict the likelihood of ill health in the next 18 months to two years. So this is the insidious effect of not walking towards something or dealing with it. It carries itself with us. <clears throat> so these are the scores. I deliberately didn't give these to you on the questionnaire yesterday because I didn't want you to be affected by how you answered the, the questionnaire. So this is what it says. And please remember, please remember, this isn't an indicator of illness. It's not a predictor, prediction of illness. It's an awareness of maybe I need to change something 
or get some help or talk to somebody. So it's not a predictor, it's an awareness of. Right, so um, if you've got lower than 150 points, for want of a better phrase, um, you've had a low amount of life change over the previous 12 months. So it's only those of you that have got less than 150 points that are considered to have no increased health risk. If you have between 150 and 300, it's associated with a 50% chance of an increased health risk in the next 18 months to two years. So if you know that now, you can do something about it. If you have over 300, and I'll tell you my scores after this, if you have over 300, it is associated with an 80% chance during the following two years. So I don't know what your scores are. I can talk to you afterwards if you want to, if you feel that you would like to happily talk to you after this. Now, when I first suffered stress um, over 30 years ago, didn't know what it was, not a clue. When I found this um, questionnaire, I went back, I backtracked. And my points at that particular point, that when it happened, was four, uh, sorry, not when it happened, like in that period, was 451. It was high. Now, what had happened, I, um, I was in a marriage, the marriage ended. And this is, I'm going to relate this back to the score on the thing. So I'm, I was in a marriage, the marriage ended. I wanted the marriage to end. So again, it was stressful, but it was something I wanted. I moved back home with my parents. So I went from my own home back to my parents who were great. Never had any issue with my mum and dad. They were, you know, welcoming me up home with open arms. My um, uh, ex-husband, I had a car. I woke up one day, it was gone. So I lost transport. Um, I started a new relationship, which was fabulous. You know, I was living, I was, it was stunning. I'd come out of a bad one, went into a really good one. Um, but it was a complete change of life, complete change of social activities, um, complete new set of new friends. Um, I lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight. I got down to something like, so I'm 5'10", I got down to something like nine and a half stone. I was, um, I think I was a size 10. I have never been that slim ever since, or before actually as an adult. Um, my diet changed. Um, I was eating less, drinking more, social activity changed. Um, I changed jobs at the same time. Now, all of a lot of those things were really positive. From my perception, they were positive, but they added up to a score of 451. The thing that broke the straw, that broke the camel's back, was I drove a new car to the pub one Sunday lunchtime and it tipped me over the edge. Now, um, I did share this earlier with a couple of you. I love driving. I have always loved driving. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't frighten me. My brother was a sales rep. Every new car he had, he used to bring home and I would drive it. I loved cars. I'm a bit of a speed freak, a bit of a car freak. I've raced them. I've done all sorts with them. It's not the car that um, affected me, but it was the final thing. It was his new car, newish partner, and he let me drive it. 
tipped me over the edge. And ironically, as the straw that broke the camel's back, I physically couldn't pick a drink up off the bar. My arm was shaking so much. Um, and ironically, I didn't know what's gone on. Ironically, I drank that, drunk that first drink through a straw. Um, the alcohol going in calmed me down. I think it was that. That's what I put it back to now. Um, and then I was fine. But what the the result of that was, because I clearly didn't listen to what was going on for me, I couldn't pick a cup up, I couldn't pick a glass of water up, I couldn't certainly couldn't drink soup, because I couldn't, I physically couldn't get the thing to my mouth because my arm was shaking so much. Now I got through that, me being me, I didn't know what he was, I didn't go to the doctors, I thought daft, what's going on? Worked my way through it. With hindsight now, I realise what it was. But even now, if I pushed, if I burn the candle at both ends common phrase, especially in the UK and, and my age group, if I burn the candle at both ends, I know that, that shake comes back. Now I can manage it, but I know, I can I can sense it coming, so I, I look at my lifestyle and think, do something different, and it goes away. So that first incidence of um, stress created a, a sort of a, what's the right word, a repeatable um, damage to my body but my body now tells me and I recognize the signs so I do something different now just recently lots has changed um, I'm, I'm I'm over 400 again <laughs> I'm like really um, but it's a completely different thing so I say completely different thing it's got to do with a personal relationship two personal relationships my mum died um, and um, my I ended up um, a personal relationship ended um, and, and various other things at the same time. So it's taken me back over 400 points. Now I've, and then I went into a bit of a brain fog. Now, um, a friend told me you're, di you're depressed, go to see the doctor. And I thought, what's, what's that got to do with anything? That's not going to help me. I'm not going to put um, pharmaceuticals into my body. There's something else going on. Now, I've only just redone this questionnaire again. It was one of those things I forgot about it. I've redone it. I'm over 400. What did I do this time around? Completely different solution to the issue. I went and got some um, emotional work. I've worked with a woman who dealt with, helped me work through my emotions attached to the, you know, mum's death, grieving, end of a relationship. Really helped three months. I'm in a completely different place. And again, with hindsight, my patterns, because I've just done my accounts as well, <laughs> um, my spending habits change. I spend more money. I buy stuff and I look at it and I what? And it's not so much clothes or the material things. I buy um, wisdom seeking programs. I, I buy a mentoring program when I'm in these, I'm gonna say, they're not fogs because I always have a mentor, but I spend money on things and I look back and I think that wasn't perhaps the right choice at the time. So my, my decision making process changes, which is, with hindsight, one of my patterns. So we can identify patterns throughout all of this, all of this stuff. That's what I'm saying. Um, and when we are looking to manage our own reactions to what's going on for us, if we can identify, let's see if it's on the, so our wisdom, I'll come through a bit more. Our wisdom grows with us if we are self-aware enough and care enough to look at what it is we do because this is the thing we can control, is us. So the wisdom, our wisdom grows with us. Our personal responsibility has to be high. Otherwise, we can just hand off to other people and say, I need, I, I need this, I need that. 
it's your fault type thing because we can't lay blame we have to look at us first um our wisdom grows if we operate proactively and our wisdom grows if we change and i just want to show you something um actually while i'm on because i haven't done this before with zoom can you see that whole change equation can you see what's on the right yes okay thank you thanks for the thumbs up so again, this is a theory linked think, link to change. So when we want to change something, it's a it is a bit of a multiple um, a multiplication type exercise. So we have to identify what it is we're dissatisfied with. We have to be able to, which is the dissatisfaction. So we have to create a, a greater dissatisfaction in ourselves with the thing that we don't want, which then becomes our best friend. We have to have a vision. So we have to be able to see what we want in the future. We have to have a process which is um, the first step. So how do we go from where we are to where we want to be? How do we do that? And it's not a big thing. It's little steps, tiny little steps necessarily. And then the last part of the um, equation, which I can't see, by the way, is what skill set do we have? And do we need to develop any um, alternate skills? That's That, in an ideal world, just makes things happen. What then happens is all our resistors come into play. So the thing that we want to change that we don't like then becomes our best friend. The things that we need to do, um, so exercise. What's the resistor to exercise? I haven't got time. Um, it hurts. So various resistors come in. If one of the things that we're dissatisfied with, I mean, I'm eating far too much chocolate at the moment, and I, and I truly am eating far too much chocolate. What's my resistor? to stop in eating chocolate, I like it. <laughs> How can I not just minimise the amount I'm eating? Because I don't like my fat around my stomach, but the chocolate is just so, I don't know, for me, calming. So identify what your resistors are to the thing you want to do, because we've all got them. It's just recognising them. The minute you recognise them, you can then do something different. So I told you it wasn't perfect. <laughs> By any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so this is the um, control, no control influence zones. I'm not going to talk you all through all of this, but what we need to remember is that where we place our energy, where we place our focus is where our energy goes. Where our energy grows, it's that that's the thing that grows. So um, focus, energy flows, the thing grows. That's the phrase that quite a few people leave that last bit off the end. So look at what we can control. What we can control is ourself. We can't always control our surroundings, but we can control ourselves, and we can control how we react to the thing that's surrounding us. We have complete authority over ourselves. We can make the decisions for ourselves. We can influence where we can. So this, this, the initial sphere outside of us is where can we influence and how do we do that? We don't have the authority, but we have a voice if we use it well um, and if we use our energy wisely. And then the outside area of that is a complete control, no control zone. We have no control. If we are spending our time and energy in that zone, we are wasting it. When people are in this zone, you hear them moaning, you hear them complaining, you hear them whinging. Um, they can't do anything about it, but it inhabits their head. 
And then once it's inhabited, it becomes a, a real big cycle that actually you can't do anything about. Just come out of it. Um, there's a lot of this going on at the moment. I mean, the amount, you know, we're in lockdown. So the amount of people that I've seen moaning and complaining about Boris Johnson's talk on Sunday about what we can do and what we can't do. Don't waste your energy on it. Look at what you can control. Look at what you can do. Look at what you can influence. What he said is what he said. You can't change it. What does that then mean for us within our control and influence zone? So bring it back to self is just wasted energy and you're just joining the masses when you get into that no control zone. It's gossip. It's rumour mongering. Generally is what it, what it sounds like. Come back out. Um, <clears throat> so responses. I did this yesterday. But I've changed it. So control and influence what you can. Recognise your stresses and your triggers. Listen to your body. Feel your body. Listen to your mind chatter. You can only have one thought in your head at the same time. If it's negative, flip it. Reframe it. Make it positive. Now I'm saying that as though it's quite simple. It can be. And if you're really hooked into that negativity, um, it's harder. Please don't compare yourself to other people and other things. Nobody's better or worse than each and every one of us. We're all different because of everything we've experienced. We've all got value um, regardless of what's going on up here. You know, we're, we are a delight to each other when we're in a, a control and influence zone. Reduce your false friends as much as you can. Look at your, identify your patterns, look at your triggers um, and reduce them where you can. When I say put good stuff in, this is in your head, this is in your stomach. This is put good stuff in as in um, surround yourself by, by the positivity of life, however you do that. Um, put good nutrition in to your body because it will certainly help the body to relax so that the body can um, focus its energies in the right place. Now, one of the things that happens with um, when we're in that stressed state is the um, the enzymes and the hormones and the um, the I don't know what you call them the things that the body produces to make it function they change their use. So cortisol is one of the key things that changes its purpose, and cortisol is the um, hormone enzyme that actually controls our immunization system. So if we're stressed, and I said this yesterday and I'll say it again, if we are stressed at immunization, immune system <laughs> reduces. So we catch more things. So keep that balanced, keep that up um, in the best way you can. Good nutrition, hydration and everything like that. Um, relax, calm yourself down. So put the good stuff in and that really does help. Talk to others, share what's going on for you. Now, I did say this to somebody the other day. If you're in a pretty fogged up place, oh, I did say it to somebody the other day. If you're in that big fogged up place for 20 to 30 years, <laughs> people might get a little bit bored about hearing the same story. Um, so change the story. Look at what you can do differently. Relax, I've already talked about a move. Now, um, I haven't been doing much exercise of any description for a number of years, but over this last 20 days, and I really didn't want to do it, 
There were so many resistors in place. There were so many little voices in my head saying last night, just go to bed, Julie. You've had a really stressful day. You deserve to go to sleep. Just deserve to go to bed. Don't do any exercise. Oh, dear. I made myself get on a bike and pedal, like, like not quite like Fury, but pedal for five minutes because I thought I'm on day, I think yesterday was day 19 of doing something. Um, now I've recognised that I have a tendency to leave it late. It doesn't work for me, so I've got to bring it in earlier. So I'm looking at my own patterns and my own resistors to get myself out of doing the thing, which I know is doing me good. Um, find help, access help. You know, we are in lockdown at the moment. And remember where the pressure's come from. I know there's a lot of financial stuff happening for people at the moment. Access what you can. Um, talk to people. Um, and, you know, and I know there's a delay on all of this. There's some horrendous figures coming out. But access what you can. Talk to people. Um, don't don't sit and rest on any laurels or any preconceived ideas of what people might think of you if you do stuff. Just do it, and um, whatever it is, and have the conversation. Um, have the conversation with yourself. Have the conversation with the other person. I'm also recognising that at the moment, because we're in lockdown, people are being put back into the arena that is causing them the pressure. You know, not everybody's in a loving relationship. You know, people are being forced to stay indoors. Isolations in, being incurred. I was talking to a woman yesterday. She's seventy-one. Still working. She's a director of um, a CPD organisation. She's seventy-one, and we were having a good conversation, which took longer than it should have done because she wanted to talk, um, as I did. Um, and um, she's of the age bracket. She's been told to stay indoors. She can't go out. I know I. I'm not of that age. I don't know what those instructions are. And I don't know whether she was in the vulnerable bracket or not. But she'd been told to stay indoors. And she was 71. Um, so, you know, have the conversation. Pick the phone up. Talk to people. Whatever that might be. And please, please, please. If there is one thing you get out of these two sessions, do not ignore it. It will not go away. You cannot brush it under the table or under the carpet please do something about it and I'm happy to talk to any one of you contact me Dalai Lama um, quote from yesterday and I listened to something this um, this morning again very briefly I've been up early but very briefly and the true definition of wealth is well-being so a lot of people associate wealth with um, money financial scenario but the true meaning of wealth is well-being so um, for me um, Great, great quote from Einstein. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Um, proactive stress management is, without any doubt, the ultimate wealth system. And I say wealth as in well-being because it covers our physical health, it covers our financial scenario and situation, and it covers how we um, look at and perceive the world. So it's our happiness system as well. It's the whole thing boiled together. And if we get um, if we get a real handle on this, it just changes our lives. And it's walking towards the thing, whatever the thing is. And there's a, there's a big skill set in this. Without doubt, we can all learn it. And the reason I say we can all learn it is because I have. You know, and I'm still overpointed. I still life affects us. We can't change that. But then we can we can choose what we do about it. So I'm going to leave you with that really strong message. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and hear me out. 
please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it, and achieve it. 